You are now listening to The Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Hello and welcome to The Jet Stream. My name is Jesse Finver. I will be your host this week. Andrew Claudio is off. It is the bye week. We are relaxing as Jets fans. We don't have to watch anybody lose. But we are back and we are here to discuss what happened last week, what we're expecting next week, and what we saw during the bye week. And along with me today is my good friend, Connor Sheeran. Connor, how are we doing on this marvelous bye week? I have never been more relaxed watching football than I was on Sunday. It was amazing. Yes. This season, between Darnold and the rest of the team just sucking, has just been pure stress. So Sunday was pure bliss. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it was just having, just being able to just look at my fantasy teams, not have to like think about maybe playing a Jets player because like I'm like talking myself into it, not having Mm -hmm. to bet on the Jets. You know, like it's just, it, it was just a really nice, relaxing break. But it's the bye week. It is Tuesday we are recording, so this will be out on Wednesday. Uh, and this is not, I mean, this is not the team you want to face heading on to the bye. But before we get to that, let's talk about what happened before the bye week. Yes. Uh, the Jets lost in one of the, and we'll just talk briefly on it. I mean, it was last week. We, we buried, as Rex Ryan said, said, said one time famously, we buried the football in the practice yes. field. Okay. Yes, we did. Yes, they, is, well, I hopefully they did. I don't know if yeah. Todd Bowles uh, we'll, do that. We're <laughs> metaphorically burying the exactly. football. Exactly. So it was it was an embarrassing loss. It was bad. We don't have to get into the details. We don't have to rehash what has already been hashed. But I do have a question for you, Connor. Should Todd Bowles and, and Todd Bowles kept his job? So should Todd Bowles have kept his job? Should McCagnan have kept his job? I mean. Sh- there was a strong feeling from the Jets fan base that they needed to cut bait with everybody. Clean house. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on Facebook. You can see it in real life. I mean, fans, <laughs> like, there was nobody at the game. Like, mm-hmm. wh- should they be gone? At the at the very least, Todd Bowles should be gone. He is doing – I and before I get into it here, I've been one of the people that has – semi stuck stuck with Todd Bowles for a while now same thinking same. he's never really gotten a fair shake one of those people that he's he hasn't had a really good team he had to deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown and no one really good to play with and this was really the year where he was going to have to like really step up and show something and we thought for you know the first couple weeks maybe maybe you know we might have something here but the past couple weeks especially last week clearly show that this guy he can't he is not the guy and he's going he's currently causing sam darnold serious serious problems with his development between game management between relying on jeremy bates to to do to form these to do his job game plan exactly just to do his job and it's he's just proving time and time again that he is not the guy Mike McCagnan, he is another story. Right now, we'll stick with I'll stick with Bowles. But Bowles, like I said it in, uh, for those of you who don't know, I normally write the game recaps for Gotham Sports Network for the Jets. And I said after in my recap for the Bills game that pretty much everyone on the coaching staff has to go. Bowles, Bates, 
uh, everyone down to the water boys. Not Casey Rogers, though. We can keep Casey Rogers. Casey Rogers, uh, Casey Rogers, I'm okay with right now because he still can put, he can still handle the defense pretty well. And bar outside of last week, obviously, uh, outside the Bills game, he was sick. So you know, like, yeah, we gotta we gotta look after our own. You know, exactly, exactly. But uh, Bates and Bowles should definitely be gone sooner rather than later and prefer and i'm not normally one to advocate getting rid of coaches in the middle of the season because i normally think that that's that does more harm than good but you're only as right now you only need to look at cleveland and that when they got rid of they finally got rid of hugh jackson yeah. uh and baker mayfield he's doing really well and yeah. there's a re- i mean there's a reason he was the number one overall pick but he's he's it's not like he's like regressed yeah. After the staff you know, was, you know, the Jets, stuff, so. the the Jets haven't replaced a coach midseason since the 1970s, you know, for, which is just bananas to believe. But so I, I just wanted to touch on this quickly and get your opinion on it. I mean, I'm with you. I think Bulls should be gone. We'll we'll touch we'll touch uh, more on the other coaches on the team a little bit more in depth later in the podcast. But uh, we uh, let, I want to move on to what we watched on Monday night real quick mm-hmm. because it, yeah, it, yes, the Jets weren't playing. It was the Chiefs and the Rams, and it was probably the best football game that any of us have watched since a regular season game, right? Regular season football Definitely. game we've seen since probably 2013 when the Broncos and the Cowboys played a 48-48 game. Tony Romo throws a pick, and the Cowboys kick a uh, – sorry, yeah, uh, the Broncos, excuse me, kick a field goal to win the game. Absolute yeah. shootout in Dallas. So we got treated to that. But my question to you is, are the Jets even playing the same sport as the Rams and the Chiefs? Like, how, how, do, how do we get the Jets – we can just talk about this real quick. How do we get the Jets from this point right here, sitting at 3-7 and seven with your rookie quarterback who we've seen good flashes from – and you have a, a great leader on the defense and Jamal Adams and some solid players there. How did we go from this to what we watched on Monday night, which was two juggernauts just trade blows with each other, like Yvonne Drago and Rocky Balboa? I think uh, the first step is to go, go back to the coaching. Andy Reid is an, is an offensive guy. Sean McVay is obviously this new breed of coaches, young guy, you know, he obviously knows the way the league is trend, what the league is trending towards, where to place the emphasis. He knows that offense is the future, and the old adage of defense wins championships is slowly becoming less and less relevant. Sure, there's players like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald that are, you know, generational type talent that are true game changers, but you, one only need to look at uh, the Monday night game to show that teams can have a bad defense. Both teams yesterday did not have a very good defense, the like defensive play. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, they did have 18 points from the defenses combined. There was That's three true. defensive touchdowns, but yes, I mean, like there were guys getting open all day. Like that yeah. touchdown, that last touchdown from the Rams. I think it was to Neil Everett. No, that's the name of the Sports <laughs> Center guy. Uh, it was something Everett, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, it, like I watched like a slowed down version of just him and his and the and the guy who was covering him and I mean the guy was just standing flat footed. It was like a cor- uh, former defensive back. I forget who it was on Twitter was like, "What is this guy doing?" I think it was Antonio Cromartie actually. He was like, "What is this really? guy doing?" Like he's just standing there flat footed and That's like perfect. he just runs right by him. Like 
Like, yeah. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. The defense wasn't fantastic, but, like, we also did see Aaron Donald with two sack force yeah. fumbles. We saw that uh, that other guy on the Rams that I can't pronounce his name. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin his name. He had two defensive touchdowns for the Rams. It was, uh, it was just an overall unbelievable game, and like it just felt like I was watching a completely different sport than what we usually yeah. see with the Jets, which is just I mean, very. Fr- like I was just like, wow, these guys are completing passes consistently. <laughs> this is amazing. How do we get this on? How do we get this on our team that we root for? You know, you like you're, you're telling me the game plan of running the ball twice up the middle with Isaiah Crowell and then throwing it on third down and then punting. That's not a good game plan for, you know, winning ball games. The, the, the Jets have to play the, totally Patriots. the Jets have to play the Patriots twice, the the, uh, the Packers. Like they're going to be facing these ridiculous quarterbacks yeah. and it's not going to be fun to watch. The Titans um, away like so rough rough second half schedule for the Yeah, abs- absolutely and not looking forward to it, but we will continue to cover it as we dutifully always do. Uh, live gift because yeah. we care and apparently we hate ourselves. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about the bye week before we get into the next game this weekend against the Patriots. Uh, Sam Darnold, some news and notes, Sam Darnold is out of a walking boot and he is yogging uh, with a mm. soft J. Uh, <laughs> so that is good. What, what is, do, you, do you think that he'll I – mean, I mean, it's not like we're there at practice, but – I get the feeling that he'll probably play this weekend. All he has to do is practice really like Thursday and Friday. Yeah, I'm thinking more um, based on what he's been saying and definitely sounds like he wants to play, um, you know, more than anything he was saying, you know, he said, yeah, he said he was out of the boot and he was kind of, he was joking around with the reporters about the storm that hit New York the other day. So it's not like an injury is really on his mind or anything like that. It seems like, you know, more precautionary than anything them keeping him out of that bills game uh at least the way it looked to me um because you know obviously granted you know sam Darnold's not having a great fantastic rookie season not certainly not the one that we would like to see um like you said before he's had flashes uh obviously games like the lions game and um the denver game uh colts. the colts game uh he's, yeah, uh, he's three, certainly the, the, the wins the three wins, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know he's exactly what everyone thought he was going to be. He was a turn, he was a turnover, you know, machine. Machine, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to say it, but you know, he, he was a turnover a tur- machine he- at USC. The, we, the Jets knew what they were getting. We all of us knew what we were what we were going to get with Sam Darnold, and it's not necessarily you know what we would have liked to see, but. I think going into Sunday, I think he's going to play. Um, I think if you're gonna, if this is one of those, you just got to throw him in the fire mm-hmm. because it's another one of those like debates that everyone had. Like, should he start week one? Should he sit behind McCown? Like, should he like learn something? It's going to be one of those things. It's it's his rookie season. The guy's got to learn, and and who better to test yourself against than the greatest quarterback of all time? You know, watch him play. Like, watch him play and see what you know, he's doing in these real life game situations and try to, you know, learn that this is, there's a reason that the new England Patriots have been the best team over the course of the past two decades. And they just put on these clinically efficient games. And I think that he's going to play. I think he should play. And that's, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think that I think that he should be playing this weekend if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want. Like, I mean, I, I we talked like two weeks ago. I mean, Claudio, I was throwing some conspiracy theories out there that mm-hmm. uh, you know they just sat him last week because they yeah. just wanted they just wanted to give him a, a break. You know, and that there really wasn't anything wrong. I think he'll practice. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't see anything um, from any of the beat writers about mm-hmm. whether or not he practiced today. Um, but as as, as, either, as, in, yeah. as in Tuesday uh, when we're recording. Right. Uh, but if he practices tomorrow, that's a really good sign, even if it's limited. And then if we get a full practice by Friday, then yeah. he'll he'll be starting for sure. For um, sure. Let's move on. Um, we we t- you touched on it a bit earlier, but during the bye week, I, I was if Todd Bowles wasn't going to get fired, I thought that there was going to be somebody, whether it was Jeremy Bates or another offensive coach, let go, um, just to kind of please and, and and feed the masses, you mm-hmm. know, I, and and also because they don't deserve to stay on staff. Jeremy Bates has been god awful, but I get the I get Todd Bowles said that he doesn't foresee any changes. Right, that was this quote. Yeah, uh, and he also said they're going to evaluate it throughout the week, the bye week. Um, yeah, and we haven't heard anything, and no, I doubt nothing. we will. I think that they were pretty consistently, uh, they were pretty consistent in saying that they wanted to keep the coaching staff intact in order to keep Sam Darnold, you know, at least with something solid to be able to lean on. However, right. however mushy it is, it's still solid, you know. So. Uh, I thought that was a little bit ridiculous. I mean, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but if you want to say anything, I mean, add anything to that, I, I think that there's definitely should have been some sort of shakeup with the offense because it has just been absolutely atrocious. I think so. I mean, I think so too. I mean, it's between the injuries, between because uh, in the games that Darnold did play well, he had guys like that he could rely on coming out of the backfield, like our beloved Bilal Powell, who we, uh, the Jets unfortunately lost for the season. He was the perfect guy that for Darnold to, you know, throw the checkdowns to and the guy that could, you know, scamper for an extra six, seven yards. He doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, between rest in that, peace, Bilal. Rest in peace, Bilal. Hopefully his career actually isn't over, which I don't think it is. But, I think he'll be back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he'll be, be back with the Jets, but, you know, we'll see. That'd be great. Hopefully though. he will be. But, uh, yeah, between that and then they had, like, the, the two or – the two games or so where he was, I think who was his, the best receiver he was throwing to. And, uh, which I forget which game. It was curse. It was curse. Curse. He was the best. There was that, yeah, there was that one week he was throwing a curse and he was throwing to Andre Roberts and And, Deontay Burnett. Yeah. It was just absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And, and, and the game plan as you know, but from, from Bates has never done him any favors throwing it, calling for the calling for the, like I was saying, the draw plays like right up the middle, with Isaiah Crowell and his favorite thing to do is just run the ball on second and eight right up makes, the middle. It makes zero sense because it does it does Darnold like no benefit because he's not because it, it forces uh, obviously like we know it forces him to make these longer throws on third down when if he was just trying to pick up more of the yardage on second down it would it does it does the offense wonders and here me and you are talking about this. When you'd think that a guy who's the offensive coordinator of a professional football team would understand that, apparently he doesn't. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like running the ball in theory on second and eight isn't the worst idea if you're confident that you can get four to five yards. Right. The Jets. How can you be confident that you're going to get four to five yards on a given run play? Isaiah Carroll had one 
absolutely absurd outlier game against Denver where he yeah. ran for like 200 yards because Derek Wolf got hurt and yeah. Shane Ray for, and, and Von Miller forgot how to tackle, right? Like there's just, that was just an anomaly. There's no reason you should be calling those plays. And that's a big thing for why. I mean, it's just not, it, it's poor. It's, it's poor play calling. Like there's no other way to say it. It's just, he needs to get better or he needs to go. That's the only, yeah. that's, that's the only thing, the only end all be all with this. And I think that he should have been let go during the bye week. So do I. Moving and on. What, and from what we've seen, there's nothing, there's nothing to show that he's going to get any better. Yeah. Like exactly. it's not like, it's not like he's like, Oh, okay. So he had like, you know, like half a bad game, like half of the game plan was bad, but he did have these other parts that, you know, okay, he'll, you know, he'll pick up or things will develop here. It's just been week in and week out. Like nothing has shown. And, and the, big, my, the, the biggest problem is that you see guys on the field getting frustrated. Yeah. Like during the, the buff, like during the game in with Buffalo, you saw guys like Quincy Nunwa out there on the field. Like they're, 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 you can see them getting like visit, like they're, they're getting angry on the field and it's that's a huge problem because it goes from the field and it goes into the locker room and you got guys getting pissed off at each other then the next thing you know you got another ik and impali and geno smith situation someone's getting punched in the face all right let's that's a perfect segue let's talk about bad locker rooms real quick because Uh, there was a report that came out and sorry it wasn't a report it was an interview on wfam Mm -hmm. uh joe beningo and evan roberts interviewed darrell revis uh, you all know who Darrell Revis is. And Darrell Revis had some things to say, uh, some very interesting things to say uh, to Joe and Evan. So we'll start with this. So basically, the tweets that I saw said that Revis was talking to them about week 17 of 2015 against the Bills. Mm-hmm. He said that the team entered that game thinking they already had it won. He said that the Richardson-Marshall feud killed the Jets in 2016. Said it was an ongoing thing throughout the year. I quote, I've never been a part of anything like that. It was devastating. Mm. I kind of knew in a sense that it was going to be a very long season. Right? (sighs) This is... This is still Todd Bowles. Yeah. We've been talking about the coaching a lot this podcast. But to hear, uh, Revis always has a motivation for something, like for mm-hmm. whatever he does, right? There's always, right. It's always, there's always a bottom line with him. So clearly he's saying this for a reason. I don't think that he necessarily liked Todd Bowles based mm-hmm. on these comments. The, the fact that you're able to, that the fact that he's saying, that Todd Bowles wasn't able to control these guys is an indictment on his, on his coaching ability, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, like letting the, like, let, sure. Like, yes, Brandon Marshall and Sheldon Richardson have all have been prop have been troublemakers. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't excuse the fact for letting them control your locker room. Like right. they're like Bill Belichick. If he has guys like that, he cuts them. Doesn't care yeah. how good he is. Yeah. Not to say that Chandler Jones was a, a locker room issue, but he, like smoked synthetic marijuana, right? And then jumped <laughs> and what, out of a second story window. Like a gas station or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. like a few weeks, and then they won the Super Bowl, and then he was gone. 
And he's yeah. like, all right, see you later, man. I don't want to deal with you anymore. It doesn't matter exactly. how good you are. Right? Yeah. But the Jets aren't the Patriots. They don't cut the problems out. They don't, they don't eradicate the cancer before it spreads. Yeah. And, and they so, did, they, thank, thankfully, they did manage to, to do it with Sheldon Richardson in a, in a way that ultimately ended up benefiting them. Because yes. the pick that they got with Sheldon Richardson led to the Jets being able to trade up and, and get Sam Darnold. Darnold. Exactly. So, uh, so that was a positive. Right. For sure. That was, a, that was one of the pro, like, positive me- things McCagnon's done. Um, the fact they got a second rounder for Sheldon Richardson is still still blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's just banana land. But yeah. it's neither here nor there because my exactly. question to you is how, how does how does Bulls explain this? How does how do the Jets explain like like what how do they respond to these comments and what do you think like what does it make you think of Todd Bowles now that you've heard that you know, we we heard rumors that, that there was stuff going between Brandon Marshall and and Sheldon Richardson like the B writers would say like oh like they got in arguments blah 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 but like mm-hmm. the fact that an, like another player like one of the leaders of the locker room was like yeah it just tore the locker room apart what does that say to you about coaching staff the state of the team. I mean, it just, I mean, it says exactly what, you know, what it looks like. It's just that the, the Bulls does, he doesn't have control of the locker room. And apparently he had, he didn't have it obviously in 2016 when there was a lot of guys talking in the room. And one of the more, um, one of the things I heard, well, might've been in the Bills game or might've been in the Dolphins game. I'm not, I don't they blend remember together. exactly. They blend together. Yeah, exactly. But, um, Actually, no, I'm pretty sure it was the Bills game because it makes more sense. But the guy, apparently, who was trying to hype them up for the second half, get them ready, it wasn't Todd Bowles in the locker room. It was our beloved Jamal Adams, who was running around the locker running around the locker room trying to get everyone hyped up. Todd Bowles wasn't doing that. Guys like Jamal Adams were there picking up the slack. Which is good. So, I like that. Great. Yeah, oh, I like fantastic. that Jamal Adams does it's that. It's fantastic. But it's, it's great that players are doing it, believe me. But your coach should be doing it, too. If not more than the players, that does it falls on the coach as much as it falls on um, the players and stuff like that. They should be responsible. For, he should have walked in there, and the players said that you know Bowles came and chewed him out, obviously. But obviously, whatever he did, <laughs> it didn't do much because they went out as you know they went out in the second half and played just as bad in the, as they did in the first half. So Bowles obviously doesn't get how to motivate players and get them ready for certain instances. He had the really good season in 2015, the season that no one expected them to have his first season and everything fell apart from there, you know, back to back five and 11 seasons. They're trending towards having a, get it, having, you know, another five and 11 season if they're lucky. And it's just, it's just another, you know, another nail in the coffin, so to speak for Todd Bowles. All right, let's. Uh, we're, we're we have officially uh, beaten the the the, t- the Todd Bowles horse dead at this point. Yes, uh, I think it's pretty clear that we are not fans of him. Uh, mm-hmm. His his play calling, his coaching, his clock management, the works. So let's mm-hmm. move on to some actual football. Uh, the Jets are facing the New England Patriots on Sunday, and I, as of right now. The matchup predictor on ESPN that gives the Patriots an eighty percent chance to win this game. I don't think that's high enough. I mean, that's I, that's I, very I, generous. I, it's, <laughs> I, I think I think that it should be at least ninety five percent. 
I think uh, so, too. Because the Jets are in bad shape right now. They are healthy. They are healthy for once. The only two people yeah. that I see on the injury report are Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold. And based on what we were saying before, we think that Sam Darnold will play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that they let him sit out this game. They want him to get experience against a team this good. Uh, right. So and it, it, we're, we're probably not going to get Gronk. I mean, we haven't seen him in a while. But even no. if he plays, the Patriots just match up infinitely better than the yeah. Jets do in this game. Give me three things that you think the Jets can do to win this game. If they, three, the three, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. The, what are the three miracles that need to happen for the Jets to win this game? Number one is the same thing that you have to do anytime you line up across from Tom Brady, and that is you get in the backfield and you pressure him. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, but if you get in his face, it's the only cha- it's the only way that he'll have that there's even like a remote chance that he's going to miss a pass or by some miracle throw an interception. So it's something that you know it's just square like you know the ba- the the basics. It's, so it's it's the blueprint, right? Remember exactly. that? Remember that the AFC divisional game against the Pats? Sean oh, Ellis yeah. had like two and a half sacks and like a forced fumble or whatever. Like that's the that is the exact blueprint, and and that's what exactly. Todd Bowles is still good at. He is good at yeah. at, sk- at blitzing and scheming because they don't right. really have any true pass rushers on this defense. So I, right. that's definitely a, a big key. Brady has not been well protected this season. No, you know, he's been my fantasy quarterback when we lose points for yard, like for sacks. So oh, it's been sure. it's been very frustrating having him this yeah. season. Uh, the Jets have been surprisingly better than everybody thought at getting to the quarterback this year. Yeah. I think that that's a, that's a big, big advantage that they – it's not – sorry, I wouldn't say advantage because the Patriots pass rush is also very good. But I think that's a big thing that the Jets kind of added this year that they haven't had the past few seasons. And right. maybe, maybe the numbers – you know – Maybe the numbers aren't as, as high as like those 2010, 20, 2009 teams, but it's this defense is young and they, they can still get after the quarterback. Right, and you, I mean, you need to look no further than Jamal Adams. That guy, I, I don't, I don't know what, you know, how he does it, but you know, he's a safety, but he'll he'll come right around and he'll be in the backfield. Like you, know, you can see the uh, I tweeted out the gift during the yeah. Bills game of him just absolutely steamrolling LaShawn McCoy to get at and uh, in Matt Barkley's face. Like the guy can do, can do literally anything you ask him. He will be, and, he will be in Tom Brady's face a lot yes. on Sunday. Yeah. And that, and that is a, that is definitely something that they, the Jets need to lean on uh, going into Sunday. Um, Cause uh, you know, it's face facts here. Jamal Adams isn't the best guy in pass coverage. His strength is definitely more in tackling. He rarely misses tackles. He's very good, as we just said, getting into the backfield and stuff. He's definitely improved on his pass coverage from his rookie season. But uh, that would, if if I were to point out a, a weakness on his end, that's where it would be. Um, other other than just you know getting in Brady's face and stuff, it's you know you gotta do what you can to keep the receivers keep the receivers locked down. And that is obviously the case with you know every game. But Tom Brady, he's gonna pick. He'll, he'll be able to pick you pick you apart if you give him an inch. He'll he'll take you for it. So making sure that guys like Tremaine Johnson finally step up and actually you know earn Live the up money to the seventy two million dollars contract that he so far has not. You know how many games was he 
out. I think he was out for like five four, games, five, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, so and yeah, then he we came back and got torched last week. Yeah, absolutely. Dominant. Two weeks ago. My apologize. My apologies. Right. right. Um, I will say, say something. Guys like Mo, Mo Claiborne, he's de- Claiborne's. I think has definitely stepped up this season. I think he's been exactly what the Jets wanted him to be when they first signed him before last season. Yeah. Um, when they were concerned about the injuries, and he did, you know, pop in and out due to injuries. But uh, I think he's certainly stepped up. And Buster Screen is always a wild card. He's got basically two modes of defense, and that is either uh, I'm going to hold the receiver or I'm going to hold the receiver and hopefully get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> basically, the only, basically, the only way is that, you know, he knows how to, to cover guys. Um, so, yeah, locking down the passing game, I'm not – I think – Sony Sony Michelle's back, right? Yeah. So that was going to be what I wanted to bring up. So yeah. other than other than keeping Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon, you know, in, in hope, hoping, praying that Jermaine Johnson can can cover Josh Gordon, um, right. They may even throw Mo Claiborne on him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because he's been he's been better than Jermaine. But the uh, the third thing that I think that we need to focus on here with the Patriots is their running backs. Because yeah. um, it's not like the we don't. I, I'm not really afraid of the Patriots' defense. Teams can put up points on that defense. They have a solid pass rush, but I, I think the, the they're other than the, other than Tom Brady, their biggest threat, and it's through Tom Brady, is their running backs catching passes out of the backfield, um, mm-hmm. especially James White. So yeah. James White being able to do that, and then you have Sony Michelle that comes in can do the same thing and can also take it 60 yards for a touchdown on, on a one cut run, right? Right. James White, not only is he like a top five fantasy running back this year, like that's how good yep. he's been, but he's but it's 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 real production. You know, he's yeah. scoring touchdowns. He's getting those first downs. Uh, what Tom loves to do is on first and ten, he'll throw like a seven yard little like a little uh, the running back will James White will do a little out out of the backfield, right? He'll swing, not even swing out. He'll like kind of get to the line of scrimmage and then go just go straight to the sideline. And he's mm-hmm. just open every single time because they all have Edelman and Gordon going over the middle to keep the linebackers busy. Exactly. And, and it's just six to seven yards every single time. And then you hand the ball off to Sony Michelle for a first down. And then yeah. you do a play action to Josh Gordon, and it's a touchdown. That, yeah. that, that exact sequence That's a game is plan. guaranteed <laughs> going to happen on Sunday. At so least one J- drive. Yes. James White is going to catch a pass for six to seven yards. And then they're going to hand the ball off to Sony Michelle, and and they're going to he's going to get the first down. They'll probably hand the ball off to Sony Michelle again, and they'll be second and two. And then they're going to go play action to Josh Gordon over the top and burn Tremaine Johnson, and it's going to be seven nothing Patriots after yep. the first drive. Because that's the that's play what, that that's what I would draw up. Yes, I mean, and, and, and that's as as simple as it gets, and it's going to work. Yeah, but, but, it, but even when you have a great defense, the Patriots will find a way to make that work. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be on Darren Lee and Avery Williamson. And Darren yep. Lee's been so much better this season than he's been. So much better. He's 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 been a breath of fresh air. Yes. However, he there are a whole lot of great linebackers that have struggled to cover James White this season. Mm-hmm. A whole lot. Yeah. And Darren Lee isn't as good as all of them, and he's going to struggle. We we they they need to they need to bend not break against yes. the Patriots this weekend. And this defense is good enough to do it when they're on. Yes. They're, the, he, Leonard, if we, need, we need to see Leonard Williams in Tom Brady's face, along with Henry Anderson. And, and you need to see a little bit of pass rush from the outside linebackers. 
For sure. And just just don't don't let them get six to seven yards on every little out route to the running backs. That's all I'm asking for from Darren Lee and Avery Williamson. Please. And they've been good this season. But yes. I mean, Especially it's, it's Brady and the Pats. So we'll yeah. see. You know, the yeah. Pats are coming off that law. I think they did they play this past weekend. No, they were on a bye too. Yeah. Okay. So then they they are coming off that Titans loss. You know, Belichick's going to be getting is going to have those guys ready. You know yeah. that he's going to have them ready. Absolutely. Um, and who better who better to like you know come back and have a nice revenge game against Tom the Brady? Jets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Tom Brady going yeah. against the Jets. I'm sure he's licking his chops. Sure. He's he's so excited. Yeah. But so do we have a uh, do we have a prediction? I think it's going to be somewhere in the area of. 31 to 10 Patriots. I think the Jets can get into the end zone, uh, but it's just, it's the Patriots. It's, if you're going to make predictions when the Jets play the Patriots, it's easier to play it safe and just say that the, the Patriots are probably going to, probably just going to blow them out, especially with a team like the Jets have this season. You know, I, so, think, I think that the Jets at home, I think that the off, coming off the bye, I think that they're going to lose, but I think that just being home, and they always, they, they, even if they, there have been a few instances where they've gotten blown up by the Pats, uh, very, very famously gotten blown up by the Pats. Um, and we'll talk about the, we'll talk about that, that certain someone in, in, a, in a moment, uh, cause he was in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that they'll lose like 28 to 14 and it'll be like a 21, 14 game going like with like five minutes left and. In, or in like or no like seven seven or eight minutes left in like the fourth quarter and then the Pats score and they may score again and like they're just they'll pull away, right? Uh, but like I think we'll like we'll like what we'll see from Darnold. It's not like the Pats are world beaters on defense. They'll be at home no. coming off a bye, um, but I still th- I'm still expecting a loss and the tank is still on. Oh, the tank, tank is very on. I but trust me. I, I think it's I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that something like last season where the Jets and Pats were. Like playing at when at MetLife, they were with each other right until the end when that god awful like fumble Austin call Safer- happened. Austin Austin Safarian, Safarian yeah, when that happened and they were really, yeah they were with them right crap. to the end. So it was it's certainly possible and normally, no, I mean you can kind of count on the Jets to have you know one of these like games where um, they'll yeah they'll stay with the Pats right up until the end. Uh, so I, I definitely think that's possible. I think it's just with the team, the way it is, and the way they've played over the past, like the past four games, just it's more likely than not that this is going to be a uh, a rough Sunday for them. Yeah, I I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's going to be tough, but we 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 watch. We watch. I don't know why, <laughs> but we do, and and we're going to continue to watch and continue to suffer. Yes, uh, because that's what we do here. You know, we right. we, we Jets fans. All right, <laughs> l- last thing before we go, our old friend Maki Mock Sanchez is a Washington Redskin. Yes, Mark Sanchez is getting up there on the finesse on the finesse list for oh, keep on, keep keeping on getting signed and being, being good looking and just absolutely tearing apart every city that he lives in mm-hmm. if ever there was a guy that got shortchanged by the game of football it's mark sanchez yeah that yeah. guy i i feel still feel terrible about everything that happened with him in the jets you know we had 
It wasn't his it, fault. Like it, it, it's and it's it, it, it goes back. It's exactly what I'm terrified is going to happen with Sam Darnold. Is that he's this high? He was this high pick for the Jets. Like everyone thought of him as you know this guy that's going to come in and you know change yeah. the game. And the Jets just you know they they wasted him. The shit out of him. Mismanaged <laughs> the shit out of him with a defensive minded coach. And that's exactly what's gonna. That's exactly what's you know. I, I'm so tired. I want. I want an offensive minded coach. Right. I want. I want fun. Like yeah, I want like, Matt Nagy. Like I want Sean yeah, McVay. Like I want that. I want creativity. I want, yeah, give, exactly. me Phillies, give me a Phillies. Give me a. Give me a. A Jersey special. All right. Oh, a, a Darnold special. Yeah. Give me. Give me uh, a. A Darnold or a Jersey special. That's what I want. Give me some creativity. All right. That is all for us here at the Jetstream. Connor, thank you for filling in this week. Of course. We, we greatly appreciate it. And you can check Connor out on Twitter at The NJ Mick. The NJ Mick. Because I'm from Mick. Jersey and I'm Irish. <laughs> very, very on the nose. Yep. The red <laughs> hair and all. Yes. Uh, we are, and you can find me on Twitter, Jesse Finver, at J Finver Sports 12. Uh, and you can find all of our Gotham Sports Network pod- podcasts, excuse me, podcasts. Uh, they'll be available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Check us out on Instagram at Gotham Sports Network. Check us out on Patreon. Give us some, give us some money, you know? Hey, yes. give us some money. Give uh, us some money for our Goth- at Gotham SN. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Gotham SN as well. Connor, any last words? Go Jets. J-E-T-S, baby. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Absolutely. Go Jets. Go Jets.